So this morning we will continue, of course, with our message. So the message uh, is brought to you by, I invited some friends to introduce our message to you this morning. Later on, you will accuse me, Pastor Insong is, uh, you know, advertising uh, Kia. Just because we are Christ's commission, you know, doesn't mean that I get commission. Okay? What's the message? No. It's right there. You want to go for this? You want to go for that? Or you can go for this, or you can go for that. Nina, second time you have to pay. First time always free. Second time you have to pay. My message this morning for us fathers, for everyone in general, is you want to go for this or you want to go for that. It's a choice. It's a choice. And I'm addressing our message this morning to all the fathers, primarily to all the fathers, because I'm going to talk about two fathers, and you can go for this, or you can go for that. It's your choice. God, we commit to you this time. Let your word illuminate our hearts and our minds. May your spirit communicate with our spirit and impress upon us, Lord God, the truths that we will learn and the action that we will take based on your word. We give you the glory, Lord God, and we give you the liberty to speak to us and minister to us at whatever need and level as we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father number one, what's his name? Are you sure it's Job? It's not Job? No, I'm just kidding. Job. You can go for this, or you can go for that. Job. There was a man in the land of Uz, the name whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possessions also were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Job. Do you want to follow Job's example? 
What can you learn about Job? He was blameless. He was upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Was he a good man? Yes. You see, God is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews chapter 11. And look, because Job was blameless, upright, fearing God, turning away from evil. Look at his life. Would you say that he is blessed? Wow! Seven sons and three daughters. Prolific. Ten children. 7,000 sheep, 300 camels, 500 yoke of oxen. Yoke is a pair. A yoke. So that's two in one yoke. It means 5,000 oxen, 500 female donkeys, many servants, and the man was greatest of all the men in the east. He's a blessed man. He fears the Lord. He loves the Lord. Now, I'm sure that he is not loving the Lord because of the blessing. He loves the Lord. That's why he is blessed. Many of us love the blessing. That's why we look for the Lord. We love the Lord. No matter what. And he, in his wisdom, in his economy, he will bless you. Put God first and let him bring the blessing. Now look at this man Job. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day. And they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send and consecrate offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, Perhaps... Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Many times, right, when we party, right? Okay, I'm going to remove my Christianity because I'm going to party. They had a party. Their parties ran for days. But look at the attitude of Job. Maybe in the course that my children were carousing and partying, maybe they said something in their heart against God. Maybe they acted as if they did not know God. So what does Job do? Perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. So what did Job do? He offered burnt offerings according to each member of his family. Because just in case they have sinned in their hearts, I make a burnt offering to God for their sin. And this was not something that Job just happened to do. Out of the blue. I think I would, no. Look at the last line. Thus Job did continually. This was his habit to make sure that his Family is always aligned with God. Now, you are Job. You are so blessed materially. 
You are blessed with a big family. You are blessed with so much. And you fear and love God. Naturally, nothing bad will happen to you. Right? Yes or no? Who said, I don't understand you. Yes or no? Yes or no? See, prosperity teaching will tell you, if you are a Christian, you will not go through all of these trials and tribulations. Wrong. Nothing is farther from the truth because Jesus Christ said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But pastor, when I was not yet a Christian, I didn't have all of these problems. But when I became a Christian, I had all of these problems. May I submit for your consideration? They, those problems were already there. But because you did not understand that what you were doing was against the will of God, they were not a problem to you. But then you got born again. You got saved. Now, we, I have no money. Why? Because now I pay the correct tax. You were not paying the correct tax in the first place. But when you understood, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, give unto God what is God, you give your tax. Now you have no money. If you're not careful, you will blame God. Job was blessed. And he made sure that his family was always intact spiritually. Then the Lord said to Satan, Aha! Uh -huh. From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, some of you are beginning to get scared. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. It's one thing for me to say, I know the president of the United States. It is a different thing altogether for the President of the United States to say, I know in song Nolan. The reputation of Job is a God-fearing man. Is announced by God himself to Satan. And some of you are already thinking there, I knew it. I don't like to be a good Christian because if I'm a good Christian, God will push me there. He will put me there to be tested. I know you're thinking about it already. Fear not. For I, Jesus said, have overcome the world. You are already victorious in Christ. So there's, need to, there's no need to be afraid. And because you trust in God's word in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The Lord says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. Wow. 
What a commendation from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God Almighty. There is no one like my servant Job. He is a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And Satan says, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made the hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands. His possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand and now and touch all he has. He will surely curse you to your face. Satan is telling God that Job is only faithful because he is blessed. Satan is telling God, remove your blessing if he will not curse you. What does God do? Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Let's see if Job will remain faithful. Now on the day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans attacked and took them. They also slew the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone I have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came to him and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their older brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. What happened to Job? He lost everything. He lost all of his possessions. He lost all of his family members. He lost all of his servants. What would you do? Fathers, your entire family is looking at you for guidance. Your entire family is looking at you how you will respond to tragedy. How will you respond? Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshipped. What did he do? He worshipped. In the midst of his tragedy, in the midst of his loss, he worshipped. And what did he say? Naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I shall return there. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Fathers, can we do that? In the midst of loss, in the midst of tragedy, can we worship God? 
and say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 23. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Friends, when you and I begin to complain, think about it. Eventually, your complaint will go up all the way to God. You have a family situation. The parents will say, God, why did you give me these children? The children are saying, God, why did you give me these parents? Right? And then you begin to complain, they begin to complain, begin to complain, it elevates and elevates. Adam and Eve kasi. Oh, why? If Adam was paying more attention to Eve, Eve would not have been deceived, Eve would not have eaten of the forbidden fruit, sin would not have entered the world. Kasalanan ni Adam at ni Eve yan eh. If you really believe God is in control, you will not complain. If you believe that God really is the source of blessing and He owns everything, then whatever He can give you, He can take back, yes? Yes or no? Yes. yes. But because you know that God's heart is a heart of love for you, then you know that whatever He removes from you is not good for you, yes? And that He will only give you what you can accept and take care of yes so trust the heart of God even in the midst of tragedy and then imagine Job loses his children Job loses his possessions right almost nothing left except Mrs. Job if Mrs. Job and Mr. Job do not have a nice relationship what will you say of all that was left. <laughs> you might even say, God, could you just have left me with a donkey? <laughs> you left me with my wife. Why? Look, the wife is supposed to, supposed to support the husband, right? Look at Mrs. Job. What is her statement? Then the wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. What a support. <laughs> Honey, I want to end it all. This life is not going anywhere. Here's the gun. Here's the knife. If you're paying attention to the news, there was this teenager at 17 years old. She was found guilty. Guilty. By continually texting her boyfriend to kill himself. Her boyfriend was trying to commit suicide. The boyfriend was already inside the car. Closed garage. The car is running, so you will die from carbon monoxide, right? He was already changing his mind. He stepped out of the car. The girl texts, Why did you go out? I thought you wanted to finish this. Finish it! Dead. Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God 
and not accept adversity? If you want God only for His blessings, my friend, you are mistaken. If you have been taught that Christianity is a bed of roses, think about it. Roses have thorns. Shall we only accept the good but not the evil? Shall we only accept the up and not the down? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Is Job a faithful father? Oh, ayan na naman. Is Job a faithful father? Is Job a faithful father? Yes. Did God allow adversity to come into his life? Yes. yes. So even if you and I are doing what God expects us to do, it is not beyond God to allow adversity to come into our lives. Many times, the testing, the teaching, the pruning of God comes through adversity. In the book of Proverbs, the writer writes, God give me only what I desire for the day. If you give me less, I might steal. If you give me more, I might be so blessed that I will forget you. You want to go for this? Or you want to go for that? Second father is Eli. Look at Eli's pedigree. From Jacob to Levi, he had 11 brothers, Jershom, Kotat, Merari, Amram, Moses, Aaron, Miriam, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, Itamar, and then you have Eli. Eli is a priest. He descended from the priestly line of Aaron. Eli is the same priest whom Hannah brought her son Samuel to be trained. You remember 1 Samuel chapter 1? Hannah was barren. She prayed to the Lord, if you give me a son, he will be dedicated. All of his life he will be dedicated to the Lord. So they brought Samuel to Eli. Eli, his pedigree. He is from the priestly line. Right? Now, now this man would go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. Who is Eli? What does he do? What is his role? Priest. Who are his sons? Hophni and Phinehas. What are they? Priests. Oh, very good. He is able to transfer to impart his priestly line to his sons, Hophni and Phineas. Good father, yes or no? Yes, because he transferred it, right? Uh, my father was a lawyer, my grandfather was a lawyer. Unfortunately, none of us were lawyers. Some of us were kind of lawless, you know, <laughs> but none of us were lawyers, okay? Now, this guy, this guy Eli, from the priestly line of Aaron, was able to bring in his two children, Hophni and Phinehas, into the priesthood. Alright? So you would expect 
that this guy, what priest? The line of priests. This guy, these children would be good, right? That is your expectation. So what happened? Now the sons of Eli, can you read that with me? Verse 12, now the sons... Mm. The preservants would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand. Then he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. Thus they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Oh. They are priests. But look at the first line. They did not know the Lord. Friends, if you think that because you grew up in a Christian family that you are a Christian, my friend, you are mistaken. You have to personally come to faith in Jesus Christ. Christianity is not by osmosis. They say like this in the U.S. In the U.S., the, the garage is usually another room, right? Just because you live in the garage does not make you a car. And just because you were born into a Christian family, because you were raised with Christian parents, my friend, it does not guarantee that you are yourself a follower of Jesus Christ. Hophni and Phineas were priests. Their father was a priest. Their grandfather was a priest. They came from the priestly line. But what does the Bible say? They did not know the Lord. And what would they do? The offering... <clears throat> Who was the offering for? God. And they stole from the offering of God. And Malachi says, God says in the book of Malachi, If I am a father, where is the honor due me? You rob me. How do we rob you? In your tithes and in your offerings. When you offer the lame, the blind, the cheap. God the Father offered His Son. We dare offer our leftovers. Not only did they steal, also before they burned the fat, the priest would come and say, the man who was sacrificing, give the priest meat for roasting, and he will not take boiled meat from you, only raw. Aba, mapili pa. Luto na, ayaw. Gusto, siya luluto. Baka gusto niya hot pot. But only raw. If the man said, they must surely burn the fat first, then take as much as you desire. Then he would say, no, but you shall give it to me now. And if not, I will take it by force. Oh. Priest, intermediary between man and God. That is the role, the office of the priest. Give me. If you don't, I'll take it by force. You're a priest. You're an intermediary between God and man. Wow. Who's your dad? Eli. Who's your grandfather? Aaron. Oh. And then what happened? What will the people of the time say about your lineage? In Greek, 
Di ba? Anyari. Anyari dyan. This, you know, this, you started well, and then it was passed down, it was passed down, and then you have Hophni and Phineas. Thus, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for the men despised the offering of the Lord. Did God know what they were doing? Does God know what we are doing? Yes. You cannot hide anything from God. Now Eli was very old and heard all the sons were doing to Israel and how oh, ito pa. and how they lay with the women who serve at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Not only were they stealing the offering, they were very promiscuous. They would go to bed, have physical relations with the ladies who were there in front of the doorway of the tent of meeting. What kind of priest? Even if they're priests, even if I am a pastor, my friend, I need salvation. If not for the grace of God. Just because we occupy a certain position, certain office in the church, we as equally need the grace of God just like all of us need it. And I give you permission. You hold me accountable. You call my attention. Because just even if I, I perform the office of a pastor, I am still accountable to God and to His people. These two, Hophni and Phineas, would lay with the women at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Not only will they steal the offering, they would steal perhaps even the virginity of these ladies. He said to them, this is Eli now. When Eli learned about all of these things, when he heard, you see, he heard. So where was he? If he only heard about it, where was he? Think about it. He said to them, why do you do such things, the evil things that I hear from all the people? No, my sons, for the Lord's report is not good, which are here the Lord's people circulating. If one man sins against another, God will mediate for him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? Read it. But... Did he have any moral or spiritual authority over his own children? No. No. What kind of father is he? The Bible does not tell us explicitly. But we can deduce. He may have been there, busy in the priesthood, doing things that is expected of him. But he may not have been personally involved with the lives of his children. That they would grow up, even as priests, to be such. Stealing the offering. Laying with women in the door. And then not listening to their father. 
So God knows. Look at verse 34. Can we read it? This. Everyone. This. You have two sons, both of them priests. But because these priests did not know the Lord and they were doing all of these abominations to God, what did God promise Eli? Both your sons, Hophni and Phineas, will die on the same day. You want to go for Job? Or you want to go for Eli? You want to go for this? You want to go for that? Did it happen? So the Philistines fought and Israel was defeated and every man fled to his tent. And the slaughter was very great for there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. And the ark of God was taken, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, died. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of Almighty God. Fathers, we are the thermostat of our families. We cannot be just thermometers because thermometers only indicate the temperature. Whereas thermostat set the temperature. If we are just thermometer, we are passive. We are just look, how hot is it today? Oh, 89, very hot. But if you are the thermostat, I think... The conversation is getting too hot. Let me regulate it. You see the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat? You want to go with this or you want to go with that? You and I, fathers, are the one in the forefront of all of this because God gave that responsibility to us. What happened to Job? Towards the end, Hophni and Phineas dead. What happened to Job? Job 42. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He had seven sons and three daughters. Everything was restored to Job and more. Because he was what? He was a faithful father and he feared the Lord. He loved the Lord so much so that, hey, I should consecrate my family because just in case, maybe they committed sin. Everything that he lost was returned. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons, his grandsons, four generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. You want to go for this? Or you want to go for that? 
Fathers, fathers, can you please read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 with me? Fathers, begin. Fathers, how can you bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord if you are not going to be proactive? That's why the Bible tells us, train up a child while he is young so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. The child needs discipline. Ah, too small. Does not understand. Okay lang. 27 na. Okay lang. He does not understand. Hello? He who spares the rod hates his son. God is very explicit. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Now, how do we fathers provoke? Do not do this, even if I'm doing it. You show favoritism to one child over the other. You are more lax with one. You are more stern with the other. You will exasperate your children. I love my children differently, but equally. You know what I'm trying to say? You love them equally, but you love them differently. Because they are individuals. It's not one shoe fits all. So how do we do it? Fathers, how will we train our children in discipline and instruction with the Lord? Look. Read. Fathers. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Ready? Be. Wow. Parang proactive na proactive kayo. Wow. You are so excited. Amen. Let's read. Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Paul is telling, you imitate me because I can tell you to imitate me because I imitate Christ. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Follow me as I follow Christ. If you're only going to follow me, please don't. Because not everything that I do is Christ-like. Only follow me when what I do is Christ-like. Follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Be, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. So how am I going to do this? If I tell you to imitate me, what is the premise? What? That I'm doing something right. Right? So what is that? What is that? My children will follow what I do. My children will imitate what I model. So if I model having a short temper, guess what? If I model being 
stern when I communicate with my wife. Guess what? It's all about modeling, friends. We cannot keep on telling our children, do this, do this, do that, do this, do that, when we ourselves aren't doing it. But if I model it, I submit to you. I don't even have to tell them anything because they already see it with their own eyes. Now, how do I model? Be imitators of God. So whose model should we follow? God. So what is the model that we follow? Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 8. Those of you who have memorized it, can you read it with me? Oops! Oy, pastor, no wala! Okay. Let's read it. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Two character traits, two attitudes that encompass all conflicts, all problems. And if we only exercise the model that Jesus Christ showed us, humility and selflessness, how can we have conflict? How can we have arguments? Even if you feel bad, consider others better than yourselves. He was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. If Jesus Christ died for my sin, how will I not, as a Christian, overlook this offense? If I say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, then my life should be characterized by humility and selflessness. Yes or no? So if I tell you, follow me as I follow Christ, imitate me as I imitate Christ, my life should be tattered with acts of humility and selfishness. Yes or no? Yes. Why? Job, because he was faithful to God, was blessed. You and I, if we just follow this and apply this in our lives, live a life of humility and selflessness, just as God blessed Jesus Christ for his obedience, my friend, you will also be blessed. See, look what happened. For this reason also, God exalted God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did God exalt the Son? Because the Son demonstrated, modeled, exemplified humility and selflessness for all of us, that we should walk as Jesus walked. Because humility and selflessness 
simply put, is Christ-likeness. If you want to be like Christ, walk in humility, walk in selflessness, because as you do that, you imitate God. Be imitators of God as loved children. Don't say you are a Christian if you are not willing to put on humility and selflessness. Because Jesus Christ, my Lord, our Lord, put it on. Because even if he was God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. Read it with me. What does that mean? Every member a disciple. But pastor, I don't have a D group. You can disciple somebody else. But if you don't want to be a discipler, you won't look for someone to disciple. Yes? Now what do we do now? Every member a discipler. But I'm a father, I have kids, so what am I supposed to do? Ephod. There is an ephod in the Bible, E-P-H-O-D. That's not the one, okay? Different. That is a measure. Ephod. Read it. My friend, if you are not discipling your own family, what are you doing discipling other people? Am I making sense? This morning, I have called a brother to share with us what he is doing. Brother Peter, can you come up and share with us? Oi! Akala ni Jenny, si Jenny lang may surprise para kay Peter. Bumili pa ng bagong cellphone niya para mabasa niya. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Pedro Lucero. Before I came to the Lord, I considered myself to be a good person. I was a youth leader. I belonged to the fast learner class. And I graduated college in bachelor's degree in engineering. Despite all my achievements, I found myself empty because everything in my life was all about me. But God is faithful. On the invitation of my sister, I attended a Christian church close to her home and my home also, and there heard the gospel of salvation. I received Jesus into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior, and the emptiness I once had vanished. I started my journey as a new creation, as a child of God, and I was on a cloud nine. I began serving in several ministries at the church, got married, and started a family. Towards the end of 1999, God opened a door for me to come here in the United States, in California. I brought my family over and were attending another Christian church until my family and I began attending CCFLA in 2012. It was here that we first attended our D group in Lakewood. The D group really helped me, my wife, and my kids, and we would do family devotion from time to time. 
but not quite intentional. From 2012 to the first quarter of this year, I thought everything was going great. Not perfect, but very good at least. However, one day, the family had a discussion and arguments, flared up about our relationship within what we called a family. That day, my heart breaks. It feels like I'm broken. Then I pause and ask God, what is missing? So all I know, each member of my family is a member of a certain D group. Then I realize that God's design for the family is that I, as the father, am accountable to God. I must disciple my own family. First, I talk to my wife. Then I ask permission from Pastor Insong. And also, I call George, our Seritos D group leader. I ask permission to leave the D group. I like the D group very much. So that I can concentrate on discipling my own family, as what we say, Ifan, every family a D group. We started our family D group in the mid of May 2017, and at first it was somewhat awkward. Some were hesitant and feeling uneasy because there is a big difference between having devotional and having intentional discipleship within the, our own family. But thank God for the courage he had gave me and, and my family. I asked them their highs and lows of the week and started with the Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. Asking each member what, where, when, and why we are united or not. I give glory to God because my family opened up and they shared what is in their hearts. Since then, our relationship with one another became even better and has made it easy for us to talk about things that have been hidden before. Conflicts now are not resolved easier and quicker. I thank God for all the D groups we attended, such as Couples D group, Elevate, Elevate Parents, Women to Women, Seritos D group, and our church fellowship, because all that we have learned have become tools for me to handle my family D group. To God be all the glory. Am I on? Oh, there. Every family AD group. I'm encouraging. I, I met with uh, a, a family, a couple, last week. Same thing. You know, the, the first thing is, oh, what will I teach? What will I? Philippians chapter 2. I challenged Peter when he called me. Oh, I was at work. Pastor, can I call you? Kaching. Usually, can I call you? It's problem, right? So I, I called him. We spoke, and then he explained to me. I said, brother, you're doing the right thing. Go for it. Disciple your kids. We have a big group. We are broken down into smaller D groups. But the most important D group is your family. Because you can go for this, like Job. Or you can go for that, like Eli. It's your choice. Understand this before we close. Somewhere, there is somebody or something discipling your family. Their friends, 
their school, the media is having an impact on your family. You might end up one day like Eli, only hearing about your own kids. And by that time, his kids were too far gone that they would disregard their own father's advice to them to repent. And what did God do? Both your sons, Hophni and Phineas, will die on the same day. Fathers, are we willing to risk our families just so that everything is okay? We have to be proactive and just ask, I challenged Peter. I said, just begin with Philippians chapter 2, 1 and 2. Why, Pastor? You have to first establish if your family is united. One purpose, one spirit. Are we going the same direction? After that has been established, you move to the practical side of it. Philippians 2, 3 to 8. Humility, selflessness. Why should I be humble? Why should I be selfless? Because God is a rewarder and He will reward you. Therefore, God exalted Him and gave Him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. That Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My friends, when people see how solid you are, how united your family is, how God-fearing and how humble and selfless your family is, guess what? Who gets the glory? God. Do you want to glorify God? Every family a discipler. Every family a D-group. Every member a discipler. Imad. Ifad. Single ako, Pastor. I'm the only one here. Look for someone to disciple. You have a family? Start with your family. They can't get away anyway. <laughs> right? They can't get away anyway. They're still with you. Once they're all grown up and gone, what time do you have? After they're all gone, finish graduate, graduate, working, maybe in the East Coast, wherever. By that time, how will you be able to influence them anymore? So when should we start? Yesterday. Yesterday. You want to go for this? Or you want to go for that? Disciple your own family. Happy Father's Day, everyone. God, we just want to thank you for allowing us to come and worship. Thank you, Lord God, that we can celebrate Father's Day and discuss about fathers and their role and their impact they have on the family. But most importantly, Father God, we want to thank you for all the fathers here represented. And we want to thank you, Lord God, for the example that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ. And now, Father God, I want to ask all the fathers here present to please stand so that we can pray for them and pray over them. Please stand, fathers. Spiritual father, natural father, you represent your families. So those of you who are seated, will you please pray 
for the families that are represented here. God, as you see each father standing, I pray that you will give them a double portion of your blessing and protection. We need your protection, O God. For as we desire to disciple our families, I am sure that the devil is not pleased. He will do things, certain things that will discourage us. But we are your children, and your word says that greater is he who is in us, the Lord Jesus Christ, than he who is in the world, that is Satan and his demons. Father, will you protect the testimony of each father represented here? And will you protect the families of each one represented here, Lord God, so that as we celebrate your goodness to us, we can impart godliness, humility, selflessness to our families and Lord willing, who will in turn, who will likewise do the same and pass on a godly legacy. Thank you for the example of Job, that he was faithful to you no matter what. And because you are a rewarder, you blessed him with the better things even in his latter days. Bless these fathers, O God, as we thank you for them. We support them as we pray for them, as we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And everyone said, Amen, amen and Amen. Happy Father's Day, everyone.